0: Welcome to Ride to Life in Michigan's Life Beat. I'm your host today, Chris Gast. Joining us today is the very unfocused Anna Visser and the indeterminately focused Grace Hemeke. Ladies, welcome. Good morning.
1: Hello. Almost good afternoon.
0: See? Happy Friday. Unfocused right from the beginning. (laughs) Actually, the podcast is very focused today. Uh, Our feature today is going to be talking about just, you know, we're at the end. Sort of the the beginning of the end of this whole Proposal 3 abortion amendment fight. Uh, already a tenth of the votes apparently uh, in Michigan are in and people are going to be voting over the next couple weeks right up to Election Day. So we thought it was worth going back, just looking at you know where we started, especially because now we're looking at the arguments for and Against Proposal 3. You have us out there saying hey, it says what it says, and you have the other side out there saying, no, 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 it doesn't say that at all, despite the fact that they wrote it that way, and they said it, uh, it does say that earlier in the campaign. So I thought it would be worth doing a retrospective, prospectively, because we're not at the end. Okay. <laughs> in any case, so uh, I think we should start back with uh, how it all happened. Um, so just briefly, December of last year was when the Supreme Court had oral arguments over... December 6th, to be specific. ...over the fate of Roe versus Wade. Ooh, very focused. There you go. (laughs) And the sense from listening to the arguments was that, wow, there are as many as maybe six votes to overturn Roe. And there's really only three votes to uphold it. And the final result, of course, was five to four, basically, to overturn all, all of Roe versus Wade. And so I don't think that the, and the other side was really prepared for it. Uh, Planned Parenthood and the ACLU, I think they kind of got to that moment. And they it kind of like dawned oh, yeah. on them like, oh,
1: I, I feel like they were prepared for it because it was an overall consensus, even in the media, that it had gone pretty good for us during those arguments. Like, we, you could see there was a clear winner and it was,
0: it was Right, like, right. But before that, I think they still thought, oh, yeah. we'll get one or we'll, we'll get two. You know, we got Anthony Kennedy. We got Sandra Day O'Connor. You know, we got Souter. We'll get one of these. Yeah. Um... But they didn't.
1: But I think after that, the oral, oral arguments was when they're like, all right, we gotta come up with something.
0: So, come up with something they did in Michigan, and the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. Now, I'll say, you know, we always thought it'd be mostly Planned Parenthood, but now that we can look back and see about funding, it was really the ACLU in Michigan. You know, it was the ACLU that tried to get uh, abortion in our Constitution in 1997. Uh, and failed in the court system, and they're the ones primarily that have funded this effort. So they they wrote this amendment, and we're not really sure how they wrote it. So you think that Anna, you said that Mark Brewer, who was the former Michigan Democratic Party chair, uh, who's done a lot of, who's been the lawyer for a lot of ballot drives, you think he wrote it? Uh, I know that some of their language has popped up in other states. I was just going to say
1: that. I feel like, I don't know. He might fold the language together. Yeah. Well, it's suspicious that it's popped up in other states. Like other people, Planned Parenthood maybe, said this is kind of what we're looking for.
0: Maybe. Or there's, you know, there's a bunch of different little smaller pro-abortion national groups that you know, are just vaguely connected in terms of like most people wouldn't be aware of them, but they're, they're very much connected in there, but clearly like this was part of a national strategy, their state p- specific language that they came up with though, um, they didn't pull it before they went with it. Uh, they didn't be, what we can tell from their campaign finance reports. We don't see, looks like any expense for polling. So it's reasonable to guess that they put this language in there mm-hmm. and they didn't actually take the time to like ask people first, like I think they what just do you think of this language?
1: They assumed Michigan was a little more radical than it, than it is. Probably. Or they just figured, oh and mentions abortion people support abortion overall
0: right well i mean they clearly did write it with the whole thing about late term abortion to really try to muddy the waters mm-hmm. so so the average person reading it might say oh well it bans late term abortions but yeah. like no it says this and this and this so
1: i do think they they knew that much they knew that people didn't support late term abortions but the majority of people in Michigan support abortion to some degree, most with limitations, but overall mm-hmm. there's a support. Do you think they didn't poll because there were so many other states that had similar languages?
0: Well, you know, I think, I mean, I don't, we don't really poll our stuff. Like we don't do a poll like to write laws um but we do polling frequently so we have a good sense of what's going on and they clearly didn't have a good sense of i mean they knew enough to try to throw in the late term abortion confusion but the other language like they they didn't even as we can see i'm mostly
1: just surprised that they added the parental consent stuff in there with the way society is right now where that's such a hot topic Mm -hmm. and most states are having fights about it or talking about it. So I'm kind of surprised they added it in there and went for it. I don't know. Well, I
0: mean, yeah, their language is so broad, they added everything in and they were going for all of it. Right. Um, so, but you could tell from the beginning that there there's some competence, obviously, but there's a certain level of competence just lacking because <laughs> in January, they rolled this amendment out, and then when did they start collecting signatures?
1: Um, May? March? March Was it March? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, they... I
1: think so. Yeah.
0: It might have been April. It was pretty late. So obviously what they did was they came to the board of canvassers and they said, here is our petition with a giant low union logo on it and our lawyer said hey wait, the law says you can't have text of a certain size. So that petition got thrown out. <laughs> then they came back with another petition uh, so they could circulate signatures and they copied and pasted uh, something in and then they changed it. You're not supposed to do it. They added a word the which well, grammatically looks better but right. they didn't The the law is very clear that the verbiage of this has to say this.
1: They'd already been circulating at that point. So this was in March, I'm pretty sure. They'd already started circulating their petitions. So they had to go reprint them and pull all the ones from the field that they'd already had out there. So obviously this wasn't going to stop them. It was just going to delay them a little bit, cost them some money. They were fine, obviously, but it doesn't hurt to try.
0: Right. It didn't hurt. And then just like the incompetence of not typing that outright and not proofreading it when it's a really basic thing. Uh, So we held them up for months. And so then when they finally hit the ground running, they had a very short window to collect signatures. Now we were kind of in the the office, like, are they going to have enough time to do it? Are they not? it's very clear that when we looked at the sample of their signatures that they were having a lot of trouble just mm-hmm. collecting signatures until the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs case uh, was leaked.
1: If that hadn't been leaked, they would not have collected their signatures. I'm fully convinced.
0: You're convinced? I'm
1: convinced. They collected 85% of their, or 75 something crazy like that, after the mm-hmm. leak.
0: Well, it could have might have cost them more so one of the advantages of making them delay and wait and wait and wait was the closer you get to the signature deadline the more expensive it is to collect signatures now um, they did have volunteer signature gatherers uh, that's certainly the case but the bulk of the petitions that we saw in the sample were paid circulators with some pretty sketchy <laughs> some pretty sketchy things going on like why is this petition full of Initials for signature. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Basically, they paid $8 million and basically blanketed Oakland County, Wayne, and Macomb, and then um, where else? That's pretty much it. A few other cities. Yeah. Basically, I mean, yeah. Kalamazoo. I don't
1: know. I feel like the,
0: they were a big one. A couple more cities, but basically, Detroit. They just blanketed Detroit with $8 million worth of mercenaries. Mm hmm. And they got their signatures they got a lot now you know we didn't challenge the number of signatures they had correct we could have because they had some pretty it was not a clean looking petition a lot of errors a lot of mistakes they said Mm -hmm. they checked it but i don't know for that much money you'd think they would have done a much better job checking because we were catching basic errors
1: i think that they could have checked it but they wanted to say, well, we had seven hundred fifty thousand petitions, and we're so great, and all these people support us and love us. Um, they probably knew that they were some of them were not great, but they didn't care because the media was going to report that number, whether they were mm. valid or not.
0: Right. So they turn all these signatures in, and then the campaign kind of uh, starts in earnest. And, uh, so we started out with our arguments. I mean, we had done a little bit because it's really, it's really hard to do a decline to sign campaign, especially when, um, you're not going to convince petition gatherers to not cash in on $8 million. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some people just do that for a living. So exactly like, Hey, will you please not, you know, like
1: make a living, we you
0: not make a living for us, please. That'd be great. Hard. It's a hard sell. Um, but we, we started out with the arguments, and some of the stuff, obviously some of the stuff they couldn't admit to because it would be fatal to their campaign. Like, they had to keep up the fiction about late-term abortions. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to deny the, oh, I won't let non You know, that's not true. It the, There'll be health and safety and blah, blah, blah. But they agreed with our points on parental consent, which again, sort like... Sort of. Well, we said this is going to get rid of parental consent, and then... Our initial like rollout of the campaign, they you know in the news you can cut, mm-hmm. check an article in Bridge. It says backers of the amendment don't dispute it, saying that it this doc- right.
1: It was a doctor that said, yeah, this will include minors starting at birth, from birth. I think they obviously got a lot of pushback on that, and then we're like, oh no, we have to we have to fix this. So they haven't admitted to that since then. Well.
0: They, they, there has been some things since the beginning. They've had trainings. They've had a rally where doctors like. They have the kids admitted in,
1: explicitly like, since then. They've been very wishy-washy of like, well, minors will have rights, but not full rights, not the rights that adults have, but they'll still have rights. But we don't know what those rights will look like. I don't know.
0: Right. These laws won't be repealed. They'll just be challenged in court and mm-hmm. repealed by a, a judge at, at a later date. But they won't be repealed. Yeah, so... It's like they had that moment where suddenly they realized like we're pushing this amendment that you know very clearly is going to be used by judges and that's one thing too to keep in mind like this is basically open ended language and you're handing it to judges who already take closed clear language mm-hmm. and smash it with a mallet. Like judges could do anything with this language that they would be given if proposals 3 Especially passes. Especially
1: when you have a Bad judge, like?
0: Like Elizabeth Gleischer, formerly of the ACLU. whatever his name
1: is, Cunningham. I forget his first name.
0: Jake Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so these judges are, are would just take go to town on this. And I think they kind of realized, like, the moment, like, oh, wait, we're in a season where parental rights is one of the top election issues, and we are going to pass a constitutional amendment that says people can do whatever they want and no law can restrict it Mm -hmm. and oh by the way people includes children from birth and the person that said that who do they work for the aclu which has been the primary um was it boncito kata
1: clearly they weren't included in that email fred (laughs) they missed
0: it so yeah brought to you by the aclu so that's kind of where we are up to today so they spent all this money, I wouldn't say they have a dud, because they still they very confident, I think, about their chances, mm-hmm. especially after the Kansas vote. That's So in Kansas, they had an amendment, the pro-lifers tried to get an amendment that would just make their constitution abortion neutral. The other side said, oh, it's really going to mean all abortions are going to be banned. Um, it was very convoluted when you read it uh and confusing and then that amendment lost and so the other side thought the other side was so afraid of Roe versus Wade being overturned cuz they knew people generally weren't supportive of them that I think they kind of got a little bit of false confidence from the Kansas vote and now they think like everyone's ready to don a you know a pink vest and go out be a clinic escort at Planned Parenthood and and go spray paint a pregnancy center and and, and, and join them and all that.
1: You know what's interesting about when you can when you look at the canvas boat. Um, I was talking to a reporter about it right after it happened, and you know we're in a similar situation, but on the opposite end of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I explained, you know, what's going on with proposal three and. Um, what's our worries and the dangers of passing it, and how it's confusing, and it's too broad, and we don't know what's going on, and they don't know what's going on. And she was like, you know, that's really interesting because that's what the opponents of the Kansas, Cam, Kansas wow, um, amendment said. They said, oh, we can't pass this because it's too confusing and too broad, and we don't actually know what they're trying to accomplish here. So. I'm wondering if that will play into it. And she was like, did you guys get your talking points from them? And I was like, no. Why would we, why, why would we get our talking points from Planned Parenthood? Like, no. But I think it's... <laughs> Whatever a, Planned
0: Parenthood says, we generally do the opposite.
1: Right. But I do think it's interesting that she, they made that comparison. And I don't know. I, I don't know how it'll work
0: out. I mean, it's just very generic talking points. When you have a constitutional amendment, if there's any lack of clarity, then I mean, that's what I you think, mentioned because an amendment's people, a serious thing.
1: Right. People overall know when you're reading those on the ballot, they're confusing. I don't, I don't know if they're always meant to be confusing, but mm. I, I read them every single time I go to vote. and I'm like, I don't know what this is. What is it trying to do? I don't even know if I should vote yes or no.
0: And the Kansas Amendment was really confusing. Like, I read mm-hmm. it. Like, I hadn't seen it until I heard about the vote. And then I read it, I was like, oh. Like, it, should, it could have been, like, one sentence. But it was, like, a multitude of sentences. And it, right. it was a. It was kind of like a Seinfeld episode. This is supposed to be, like, an amendment about nothing. It's supposed to say, oh, the Constitution doesn't say anything about this. But it's kind of hard to tell people, oh, we're trying to pass an amendment that doesn't say anything. Right. And when you put a bunch of words. Well,
1: I think... Your point to, it could have been one sentence. It's kind of the whole idea of our argument is you could have put one sentence in there that said there's a, constitution, a constitutional right to abortion in Michigan. From birth. From birth. Well, just for... <laughs> <laughs> there's a constitutional right for people in Michigan to get an abortion. You could have left it at that, but then they added
0: well, all other that's... stuff.
1: So it's not really codifying Roe. It's obviously... If they meant to do that, they it's, would have kept it simple.
0: Well, and it's interesting, too, they, that they, because being, being open-ended like that, judges would do, you know, could go to town crazy with it. Mm-hmm. But what they did is they spelled out in it how crazy going to town judges can go with right. it.
1: Right. Well, m- maybe they had a little more faith in him humanity that people weren't going to go there and so they're like oh no no, no no we want you to go there so, humanity. so we're going to put it in there so you can go there because maybe you never even thought to do that
0: so now we'll never we know now now we find ourselves a situation and the campaign starts I, and i thought it was really interesting so the other side spent eight million on signatures ten million overall just collecting signatures and we aren't going to know how much they've spent um you know pretty much till after the election but it's kind of interesting like did did they seem like they've spent 20 million dollars on advertising They've done a lot of, they've done a lot of YouTube advertising but I has any have you seen any TV ads I've only ads? seen them on
1: YouTube
0: Have they been on streaming? Mm,
1: I've seen the ads on TV. You have seen their ads on TV. Yes.
0: Okay. So they're out there
1: cable network all over. Oh. Yep.
0: Our ads, I can't watch. I can't I watch. I don't know.
1: I just I I, just see. I can't watch
0: my Sling TV anymore because our ads are just everywhere. I see more canon <laughs> ads, ads
1: than I see Proposal 3 ads.
0: Yeah. I mean, Whitmer has spent so much money on ads. It's not even mm-hmm. It's not even funny. But um,
1: their social media ads are everywhere. I think they're probably thinking three. more people are on social media, which is correct but um yeah i've i've seen their social media ads literally everywhere but tv ads i haven't seen any i haven't, since.
0: Seen, I haven't seen any of their social Except media for ads. YouTube, so. that's one of the weird things too in this modern age is so like i've on my sling tea i can't even watch it because our ads come on like every you know 10 minutes and i just you get sick of seeing your own stuff time after time <laughs> mm-hmm. after time like, how do you, how, like, how do you be a rock band and play the same song for 40 years? You know, I would just, I couldn't do it anyway. Um, but I think
1: probably knowing how much money you're making from singing the same song over and over would, well, that could, would uh, uh, motivate that you, <laughs> yeah. but,
0: uh, you know, I think we had people call like, I haven't seen any of your ads. And it's like mm-hmm. ads are so easy, especially with like streaming and set top boxes and all that crap It's so easy to target ads at specific demographics now right. that's kind of ironic like some people will go a whole campaign and not see anything and other people will just be
1: bombarded
0: yep. inundated and drowning in, in the advertising mm-hmm. so uh but I, I have to say like i would ex- i'm expecting more from their ads
1: you were expecting more or yeah you are
0: like, I, I would expect a lot more. It'd be interesting to see how much money they actually spend. But I thought if they're going to spend $10 million to collect signatures, then they should be able to easily spend $20, 30000000 on ads.
1: You know, I think they maybe they figure we have the media on our side. We don't really need to push it that hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe they, I don't know, they have the media reporting on it every other day. That's free publicity right there. Right. Why spend millions of dollars?
0: Right. But what's been most surprising to me is, you know, while most of their signatures were from pay gatherers, they did have, they did get a lot of volunteers and they did get a significant number of small dollar donors to sign up. Mm -hmm. Like they had a ton, like, so they had a huge base to work from, but they just have not been doing a ton of door to door. Only now are you starting to see them like promote their door to door efforts on, uh, on their social media, so...
1: Maybe they're waiting until the last minute. Which is, know. again,
0: not intelligent. We're talking about a little lack of competency here well, because their base people is... are already voting. 10% of the vote is already in. Like, right. you needed to... Like, we started they're... doing door-to-door after Labor Day in various groups within our coalition starting, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 so we have people hitting it hard, but they just... You would think that with they should have so much money, they should be able to pay people to go door to door and do all that. See, I just
1: think it goes back to they don't think they need to. They they I don't know, they don't think they need to. And the amount of door to door they have done, they're very proud of that number. <laughs> they're very proud couple of that thousand,
0: number. A couple thousand, right? Whoop-de-doo, yeah. They're
1: like, we're doing so good. They, they, I don't know. They probably think that that's all they, that's needed, and are proud of what they've done. Right.
0: Well, I will say that door to door has traditionally not really been part of ballot campaigns. It's because everyone watched TV, and it was the ad war on TV. Mm -hmm. But now that we, you know, people are so fractured, and some people like me never, I've never watched network TV anymore. I haven't watched network well, TV I'm interested, in a decade. I'm
1: interested to see which strategy works. Clearly, there's two different strategies going on here. Yes, there are. I don't want to lay them out because... Do you want to I, lay,
0: lay out our strategy? No. Well, why no. I, mean I show this, our cards? The, but the, the, there's the, obviously
1: two different strategies here, and I'm very curious to see which one works.
0: Well, I mean, our strategy is do a lot of ads and knock on a lot of doors. Their strategy is spending a redonkulous amount of money collecting signatures and then Their strategy and then just kind of wait it out.
1: Their strategy is I know social very media.
0: heavy social media. Hmm? I said, yeah, and, and yeah. pretty heavy on social media. But totally you would amazing. think with all that, you know, it's so amazing to me that all that social media stuff, just like it doesn't convert always to money, it doesn't convert to volunteers, you know. It's just everyone pins their hopes on social media doing all these great things, it's going to change the world, and instead we have a a bunch of dumpster fires and families (laughs) hating each other.
1: (laughs) That's true.
0: It is true. if If someone wants a better history lesson, go look at, like, Facebook's motto over the years. Like, they've had, like, five or six mottos, And just like, it's like a person like going through life and becoming way more cynical and like addicted to drugs and just like so depressing. Yeah. And wants a trip, they can do that. So their other part of the media strategy we should mention before we're done is of course they want to keep denying it. And so what they've done is they've had a couple of key influencers trotted out as objective people. So for example, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago, there were a couple stories featuring a U of M law professor named Leah Littman. This was
1: this week and last week.
0: Yeah, saying that, uh, oh, well no, Proposal 3 isn't gonna get rid of parental consent. It's just just gonna codify Roe, just like the Proposal 3 campaign is saying, exactly Mm. what they're saying. That's exactly what's gonna happen. (laughs) Oh, that's very interesting, Professor Littman. That's wonderful. Hmm, you're a neutral expert, I see. Okay, well, we, so we did what reporters didn't do and went on her Twitter and five seconds later, like, oh, look, you've organized fundraisers for Proposal 3. So you're part of the Proposal 3 campaign, I mm-hmm. see. So <laughs> does that mean that you are an objective uh, expert on the topic, or are you a campaign mouthpiece? I mean,
1: assuming that a professor from U of M or Michigan State is <laughs> an objective person <laughs> is like a the bit first of a mistake there. Um, when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. But yeah, those they it was never made clear that they were. Obviously publicly against Proposal 3 on the other side if you had a uh, say John Birch who's publicly Come out against Proposal 3. He's he's against it. They would That would be the highlight of the article made clear that uh, He's against
0: anti-abortion it. stalwart yep. John Birch versus working noted legal expert Leah Littman <laughs> Who has no association whatsoever with the campaign, right? Other than, you know, hosting fundraisers for them and promoting them. But, yeah. Sure. Publicly on social sure. media, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. To <laughs> like to Like, on Twitter, like, that's what gets me, like, thir- 30 seconds. It takes 30 seconds of your time to do basic, like, is this person, has this person said anything in it? Yes, she has. Yes, she's hosted a fundraiser. Like, Which
1: is fine if you put her in your interview. Whatever. Right. But it, just say that.
0: And then give 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 our lawyer a Give our lawyer the chance, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, come on. Like, but that is the sort of thing that that's why our strategy is so much on reaching people is because we know in the past that's always happened with our media that's always will going to happen although i did see you know in the news that the gannett newspapers are like firing like everybody pretty sad so who knows how long traditional media is going to be around but as far as they are, you know, that's just the headwinds we're always going to have to sail against. And uh, that's probably far more damaging to our issue, especially looking over the last 50 years in the long run than any amount of advertising Mm. or door-to-door stuff. So just the point that we're here, that we overturned Roe, that we're even having discussions about abortions 50 years later is somewhat of a miracle considering (laughs) all of our major media for 50 years has filled people with so much junk in their head that uh it's amazing we get anything done brainwash we do. them
1: i think is the word
0: yes mm-hmm. brainwash well all right that's enough brainwashing for you folks i hope you have a wonderful weekend welcome to michigan fall october weather yeah so stay warm and we'll see you next week